6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Alrighty, it has been um, a busy 24 hours in Alberta politics. Add it to the busy, I don't know, 10 years in Alberta politics. Tom Vernon is the political affairs reporter with Global News Edmonton and Calgary. He checks in uh, this afternoon. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on again. All right. Do you have a flow chart on, on your wall in your home <laughs> office keeping up on uh, who's going, who's saying what, what the hell is going on? You know, so, I mean, my day yesterday was spent scrolling Twitter, scrolling Facebook, <laughs> texting everybody I know, right? You know, sending out messages, yeah. hey, what's going on? And sitting and waiting like the rest of the province, right? We knew this caucus meeting was happening. We knew that, okay, Drew Barnes and Todd Lowen, well, we knew that Todd Lowen was definitely being talked about. Then it comes out, Drew yeah. Barnes is being talked about, which I think some people went, oh, okay, you know, have a conversation about Drew Barnes, but why today? What was this about today mm-hmm. that brought him mm-hmm. into this? And then, yeah, last night, uh, you know, news, news out. I mean, you had to know that once once the process started, I mean, if they weren't kicked out, what does that say about the premier, right? So you had to know that mm-hmm. things weren't looking good for them. And, yeah, here we are, two more, two more independent MLAs. Yeah, interesting stuff. And, I mean, I think we kind of expected uh, Mr. Lowen to be given the boot. I find it mm-hmm. interesting that Mr. Barnes was as well at this time. And, you know, his comments today saying that he is no longer shackled by the chains of caucus <laughs> discipline. I kind of chuckled at given the fact that, I mean, Mr. Barnes, my goodness, you've said what you've wanted, when you've wanted to, whomever will listen for 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 months now. So I thought that was a little uh, uh, cheeky. But, um, you know, when you look at that, was that just, uh, you know, well, hey, we, we, almost like a two for one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I mean, for weeks, people have been, for months, people have been questioning, well, how does Drew Barnes get away with saying what he's saying, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. you know, Premier Jason Kenney, you know, early on when some of the comments, you know, last summer with the, uh, almost, okay, maybe it was two summers ago now, the, the, the Freedom Panel, I can't remember what the name of the panel was, but looking into ways to assert Alberta's independence inside mm-hmm. Ottawa, right, or inside Canada. And, you know, they came out and didn't, maybe didn't go as far as Drew Barnes was hoping, and he was out there kind of just saying stuff where, you know, maybe, maybe we should be doing this, doing that. And you speak to people and go, you know, he's just kind of a release valve for people, and, and he, you can have those conversations, and that's, and that's good. But then it continued on. He kept saying different things. And, I mean, there was the letter that he was co-signer of a few weeks ago about the, the restrictions. And, again, people going, wow, Drew gets, uh, gets away with a, a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, he hadn't said anything yesterday, right? It was Todd Lowen that wrote the letter. So to find out, well, let's get Drew out of here while, while we can, mm-hmm. uh, they do that as well. And I think it was interesting when, when uh, you know, Shea Gannam had Premier Kenny on this morning. And he said, look... Um, about Drew Barnes specifically, that uh, his colleagues saw a very serious pattern of behavior, which was increasingly reflecting bad faith and an unwillingness mm-hmm. to even try to work within the team. I read that quote to Drew when I spoke to him this morning. He says, well, hold on, I was always told that when I agreed, I could agree, and when I disagreed, I'd have the opportunity to speak up. So he, he still thinks, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I was simply raising the concerns, concerns of my constituents. It was it was interesting to hear uh, Lori Hahn call in to Shea's show this afternoon as well, former Edmonton Centre uh, Conservative MP uh, under the Harper administration, call in saying, hey, you know what, it's kind of really in bad form to be um, speaking out like you are. Like, you, you bring up the discussions, uh, you bring up the discussions and your concerns inside those meetings. You you, you do it during caucus meeting, but when those doors open, um, you, you need to 
to uh, show a, a solid front. And by not doing that, it shows little integrity, no loyalty uh, when beefs are, are, are made public. One of the, and, and, you know, I think it's also interesting uh, as well that we're, we're seeing um, some Harper loyalists and, you know, Kenny, strong Kenny supporters, you know, speaking up and they have every right to, but I wonder how many more we're going to see in here over the next few days. But one of the things that Mr. Lowen said over and over again was that he, they, he had raised these concerns mm -hmm. during meetings and they were never addressed. You know, and, and, and I don't know, you're not, you're not in those meetings, Tom, but I guess part of me is just saying, okay, well, is it because, well, we've discussed it and we moved on. Maybe you just don't like the answer. And so we have to move on. Like you have to balance it when you're in a party and you are a team. But, and so politicians look and, and look, we could say, look, they're in it for the right reasons. They're in it to make changes. They're in it to, to build a society that they think will benefit all Albertans. But they're also in it to get reelected. And you don't hear this sort of dissension when the party's riding high in the polls. You don't hear this kind of dissension when, you know, defeat is not, you know, isn't in, isn't in question here. But as notice how it started to get louder and louder and louder as the poll numbers went lower, lower and lower. And people... Yes aren't yeah. afraid to speak out and aren't afraid to, you know, to, to tell their constituents, you know, I hear your concerns and I'm bringing them forward. I mean, here's, let's talk about Drew Barnes un, unshackled. I mean, in his interview today, he <laughs> said, look, uh, in Alberta, you're pulling at the same popularity as Justin Trudeau. That has to tell you that you're part of the problem, right? <laughs> he, I mean, he's not raising these concerns that Jason Kenney's still sitting at 65, 70% yeah. support. Todd yeah. Lowen says he doesn't think this party can win if Jason Kenney is the leader in the next election, right? They're, they're, that is where these concerns are coming from. If they saw the party going down the path two years from now that, oh yeah, slam dunk, we're going to win the next election, or you know, at least you know, this is going to be an extremely competitive election, but you know, we're going to come out on top, you're not hearing this sort of dissension. So that's where this is coming from. It is the concern of, hold on a second, we aren't getting what we thought we were, and the poll numbers aren't where we want to see them. So I think that's, you know, party loyalty and, and, and keeping it behind closed doors, that only goes so far. But when you start losing, then that's when things start to jostle a bit. Yeah, and you got to wonder, you know, what the game plan is now for for the premier, right? I mean, continue mm -hmm. on, continue on. Possibly more voices getting louder and louder. Um, and you know, if he was to turn around and say, okay, well, we could threaten with uh, an election, something like that. But <laughs> if we go back to polling, they're not going to win, right? Yeah. So it's really interesting. Now, we have not heard a lot of public support for the premier over the last number of weeks, right? We've heard a lot of criticism, but we've not, like, where have been, where have those federal MPs, former federal MPs that served with mm -hmm. been coming forward saying, hey, look, this is a tough time. He's a strong leader you need. I worked with him for 20 years in Ottawa. He is exactly the yeah. person you need for this. And where have been cabinet ministers out saying that sort of stuff, right? It's, it's been yeah. very quiet on that end. It was Dwayne Bratt that pointed that out. He's right. It's been very quiet on that. Now I wonder after this episode, we're showing what, Flex, you know, flex and political muscle. The the two, you know, the loudest, the the loudest problem maker in Drew Barnes, or the supposed problem maker inside caucus, and the one that the first one to publicly call him out to be to be uh, removed as leader. Well, they're both gone. So there's that there's that show of strength. So yeah. now let's let's see what the next two weeks looks like, and, and see you if people what? start to come out and support. Dwayne said something interesting as well about, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, the party, um, you know, elected on the strong support of, of uh, the, the, the rural MLAs, but the, mm -hmm. those rural MLAs are um, very underrepresented in cabinet. Do you, 
I, I, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if uh, a, a cabinet shuffle and if we saw more <laughs> um, represented uh, representation from some of those areas, if that might quell some of the some of the um, the yelling and screaming right now. Yeah, I, I'm not going to claim to be a political expert, but I, I said this about the NDP government as well. Um, I, I covered the Bradwall government in Saskatchewan when, when I was working there, and uh, they, they had just been elected, and about know, seven, eight, nine months in, Bradwall did a cabinet shuffle, and he came out and said, look, yeah. this isn't about uh, you know these members, some did bad jobs, and that's why they removed from cabinet. It's about building bench strength, and it's about building profile. Rachel Miley never did that. I mean, apart from the people in cabinet, you have a tough time naming a lot of people that weren't in Rachel Notley's cabinet. They didn't get that kind of profile, and they didn't. And now we're seeing it with the United Conservative Party, where maybe like Drew Barnes, you know, he was disappointed he never got in cabinet. Yeah. Would he have been yeah. a little happier, a little quieter, had he, you know, been shuffled in and around in portfolios? You, know, you never know. But that that's a strategy where we're, we're two years in. There really hasn't been much of a cabinet shuffle in uh, the UCP yeah. government. We've seen the municipal affairs minister flip around a little bit. We've seen uh-huh. uh, justice and jobs, right? But no real wholesale changes. Now, we're in the, the midst of a pandemic. You know, probably wouldn't see people move around too much in this. But I wonder once we're through this, if we start to see some of that movement, if we start to see maybe some profile building in some of these ridings yeah. um, in, in Calgary, right? You know, they're in trouble in Calgary. Do we start to see maybe more of a profile in some of those Calgary MLAs to give them a little bit more of a boost? And yeah, maybe in some of those rural areas where, you know, the, the people are mad at this UCB government, people are mad at Jason Kenney, maybe maybe we do see someone brought into cabinet to try and give them some profile and give mm-hmm. the, um, the appearance, I hate using that word, but the appearance that, look, we're hearing your concerns and your voice is now in cabinet. Did you uh, see those comments today from um, the uh, UCP MLA out of Lacombe, Panoka today, Ron Orr? I did, yeah. So part of my part of my assignment today, I'm, I'm obviously following this, and it's, okay, well, two were kicked out. Are any going to walk out? Um, uh-huh. but he, they, they, both Barnes and Lowen had signed this letter uh, was that, six weeks ago now, re- opposing restrictions. Well, there were 16 in total. Ron Orr was one of them. Uh, names like uh, Miranda Rosen, Angela Pitt, Tracy Allard. A lot of people signed this. So kind of scrolling their Facebook page, I see Ron Orr come out and say, look, I'm sad to see you go, but you cannot under you know undermine the premier on this so i was really interested in that and, and so he's the first one of them to come out and say no nope, we made the right decision uh i'm curious to see what uh i mean there's still 60 of them so what two of the other 59 say i guess <laughs> yeah uh, mr or also going on to say that uh, he believes that uh, jason kenny is the leader god raised mm. up for these times and even though i don't like these times any more than you do so um some some interesting comment on that. Just before I let you go, Tom, yeah. I know you've got uh, deadlines and stuff like that to deal with. Uh, this um, this dismissal, dismissal, dis- <laughs> it's Friday. The judge, the, oh my goodness gracious, the court case today, uh, judge dismissing an attempt to quash the, uh, the government's inquiry into mm. whether foreign groups have conspired against Alberta's oil industry. Um, this has been going on for a while. Yeah, so this, I mean, this is Alberta inquiry. So let's let's look at the inquiry and let's look at the court case. Now, the court case mm-hmm. was from Justice saying, look, this inquiry was simply called to silence us. Now, the court arguments also include some arguments of jurisdiction, but the, the, the core argument that Justice and other environmental groups make is this is an intimidation tactic. If you speak out against the government and want to have a conversation about fossil fuels and uh, climate change, 
this government is spending taxpayers' dollars to try and silence us, to try and scare us by pulling people in and and, uh, and interrogating them as part of a, an inquiry. That was their concern. So the, the justice said, look, I don't see any evidence of this. This can go to continue on. Now, that being said, this inquiry, I mean, we're coming up on a year past due. Uh, we're coming up. It's, it's, uh, it's more expensive than the government had promised. And we still haven't actually heard if it's going. It's supposed to come out the, at the end of this month. We haven't heard if that's actually going to happen. And so it has been, it has been plagued with problems. It'll be interesting to see what exactly comes out in this inquiry. Mm-hmm. There's a major campaign, um, major campaign promise. The government doesn't talk too too much about it anymore. So that's yeah. what I'm curious to see. Um, okay, they're allowed to release it. They're allowed to carry on. Well, what do you have? We spent three and a half million dollars. What do you have? Yeah. Yeah, what do you have? Good question. All right, Tom Vernon checking in this afternoon. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to your work tonight on Global News at 5 and uh, and 6. Have a great weekend, Tom. Thanks, you too.